Accredited Master Coach, Speaker, Author, and Podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can do approach. Each one of their stories is unique, each one of their stories has a key message. Episode of the Can Do Way, I'm talking to Simone Anspok, certified international coach. Simone supports ambitious international professionals who feel at crossroads to find their personal life design so they can live abroad on their own terms. She has an extensive international work experience, having worked and lived in over 15 countries, designed and managed projects valued up to US $26 million, and led cross-cultural teams across time zones. Simone currently lives in Myanmar. So welcome to the show today, Simone. Uh, Thanks, Gail, for having me. If you can take us on a short walk through your life and give the listeners a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at doing what you do today. Wow, Gail, Um, I could try to keep it short, um, but in (laughs) But in essence, I had a nomad gene um, since I was a teenager. And that then led me to really um, have a very fulfilling career in international development. So working with bilateral and international aid organizations. Um, I'm originally from Austria, so I mainly work with the European aid agencies. But that got me to travel and live um, in Africa, in Asia. And um, that was just a really fulfilling career, both from a I guess, a, a work perspective, a meaning perspective, but also just the, the sheer uh, joy of living in other countries. Um, and then I met my partner in one of those countries. And a few years ago, we moved abroad. Um, and I actually, for the first time in my life, moved abroad for his job, um, knowing that I would, I would make it work like I always done. Um, and long story short, that triggered um, a career pivot for me, um, realizing myself, and with other people that there's so many international professionals that are ambitious and look for their own for their own thing that struggle through some of these big transitions. Um, and that's when I decided to retrain as a coach. Um, and I now do both consulting and coaching, um, but more and more I move into the coaching, coaching side. It's, it's, I love to hear all of the introductions that I, that I get to hear from all of my guests and there's, there's always something that comes out right from the start in somebody and you mentioned those two words, that nomad gene. <laughs> so I'd like to explore a bit more about that first, Simone. Is that, and is that something that came from childhood experiences? So when you were younger? Did you and your family travel around much being in Europe, being born and based in the centre of Europe? Actually, not at all, Gail. So maybe I'm the exception here, but my my family and still most of my family, we are. I'm a farming girl, so my family have very strong roots in one place uh, and we never did travel internationally. Um, I think it actually came from a different place. It came actually from the place, a very deep inside place that I didn't felt I belong in my family from a very young age. Um, I was always very different. 
Um, and that we went through school and high school. And I found my home um, at university at an international NGO. That that got me then to kind of experience the world of international relations and just uh, international uh, friends. And I think that's where it started. Those two those two experiences. Fed into from that not having to what you suddenly had in front of you was that that moment of awakening, I'm sure, in many ways. So what was the first thing that you noticed when you stepped into that arena and you were immersing yourself in this, this world of this international, this kind of flavour that was in your life? Tell me, tell the listeners about that. I think the first thing for me was just the, I don't know, the openness, um, the openness about all these different um, people that I've met. Um, and just the, the sheer difference, really, the culture. And then, you know, I started traveling. So I then felt this, this immense, like, joyful and exploration nature just to, like, uh, explore other countries and live there for long term. And just what do you learn by learning another language? Um, I mean, English is my second language. Um, learning other languages, um, what that tells you about cultures. So it was just that, I would say the openness and the expansion that comes with um, with it also for you as a person you get to know yourself completely differently yes I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that but it, it's almost like you it just was meant to happen for you I can <laughs> hear it in your voice you know you just embraced it right from the start and that that is one of those drivers of that can-do mindset you just said you know I had a life that wasn't quite what I mm. wanted it to be but suddenly you're in a life that you can say, I can be open, I can, I can expand myself, I can be curious, I can go on, on these adventures as well. And so my work can enable that to happen for me too. So coming back to the point where you took that first opportunity where you said you went abroad with your partner and you, you left and you left your life and you, you went off and lived overseas, what would you say was one of the, one of the more challenging things that you first experienced um so gail the um the move with my partner was not my first one and okay. so if you if you look back at my first one i moved to new zealand um just early in my early 20s so i moved to the other side of the world um by myself without having a job to sustain myself that was probably the first international move i did mm-hmm. um real one for a long term um and I guess that was challenging in itself because obviously financial, you know, how to sustain yourself financially, moving to another country, finding a job. I'm sure, you know, you have a lot of guests or yourself that know the challenges that come with that, right? Also mm-hmm. the personal mindset challenges, really. It's it's scary and yet <laughs> yes. it's very exciting at the same time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would I think um, probably the first move, I totally would agree with that. I think the well, if I think back at the first move, I think I probably was naive to a certain extent, right? So it's this like big adventure um, and then obviously everything you face when you get there, right? Um, um, your mindset, you need to have the right mindset and um, also resilience, right? To just work through all these challenges that you face and not go on the first plane home. Um, so yeah, um, and looking back at it, it was the best experience. So I would not want to miss it. No, it sounds like it. I think you've just you've just unraveled this wave of momentum that you've wanted to build for yourself. So you said that you went out to New Zealand and you had no job. You didn't know what you were going to do. So 
And you talk about that that mindset shift that you had to make, and, and I've experienced that too, but what did you actually have to do to make that happen? So tell the listeners about what was the first job you did and, and what mm-hmm. did you do to make some friends and, and, and create yourself a life in New Zealand? Yeah, I mean, the first thing was I moved in uh, to our flat here, basically. Um, and um, and then it was through those Fletcher. So basically, Fletcher was the first thing that I felt making friends and not feeling at home. I like feeling at home. Um, but also just have, have someone to ask questions about what life is like, right? Or how do you find a job? Where do you find a job? Like all these essential questions. Um, and back then, I also had, I remember this now when we're talking, even just my English was good, but like, you know, I didn't obviously wasn't fluent back then. So also just the kind of adapting and having people to speak to and, and just getting more comfortable in the language. So those were the first two things. And then from there, it was basically really um, applying for jobs and asking friends for jobs um, or like asking people to introduce me to people. So it was really a, a mix of networking and applying for jobs um, because that was my first, um, that was really kind of the first priority for me to be able to kind of, you know, pay my bills um, because I didn't have a lot of savings. Um, so I probably would say that's the first two things, connecting with local people um, so I could ask questions and figure out how it's working um, and then just get going. Just um, you know, make a bit of a plan and see where this leads me. I like that. I like that. And I think as as the, the nomads that you have become more and more of, that you you just learn to to harness that more and more each time because you you just say, you know, this is where I am right now and, and this is what I know I can do about it. But but what are those other things that I'm going to learn along the way? So it, in in, from my experience too, and it sounds like you, it's it's about continuously being curious mm-hmm. and continuously looking outward and saying, you know, what else is around the corner? What what more can I learn from this experience? You tapped into language there and how it can really um, expand what you learn about a culture, but it also expands your vocabulary in a different dialect. And a, mm-hmm. it, it's it's forever this this learning that we go on. So so what kinds of learning experience would you say have been some of those highlights for you to keep strengthening that power muscle of mindset? Hmm. Oh, my God, yeah, there's so much in that. I mean, what you just said around, I guess, the, one of the things of the learning and, like, how we kind of learn from these experiences, one of the things that popped up for me right there was, I think that's one of the things I learned along the way is not to fret the big stuff mm-hmm. and not to worry too much in advance right? Like a bit like worry too much into the future. Um, it's like, because that's when, you know, the negative mindset unravels if you worry about what's happening three, four months down the line. So, you know, the, I guess the major learning for me was always to think a few steps ahead and then take some action and not worry about, you know, what will happen six months down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the mindset, you asked me about how to sustain the mindset. Um, I think I probably the first thing I probably want to say is I wasn't born with a positive mindset. Um, because I think people might, I don't want people to get the impression, oh, you know, she was born with a positive mindset and, and that's how she could do all these things. Um, I, I realized that early on that my mindset was holding me back for what I wanted to do um, or for the life I wanted to lead, you know, or do these international adventures. And, um, and so I literally had to train <laughs> my positive mindset. And I still do, right? I think I want to tell the listeners that, that I don't think we're ever finished. 
uh, except if you're incredibly gifted with a positive mindset, I think all of us <laughs> have to train to keep a positive mindset. <laughs> I agree with you. It's a it's a everyday learning. We change, we 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 wake up differently, we have a different mindset and we know the the tools that we can go to and the strategies that do work, but we slip up, we're human. Mm. We go backwards right. sometimes and that's okay. But it's it's knowing that you have that deep within inside of you that you can bring it to the surface when you need to move yourself on or you need to let go, as you say, of some of those negative thoughts that hold you back and um, you can reopen your eyes with a new perspective and say, you know what, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to just live fully and be fully present in, in today and, and see what happens. It's, it's yeah. so, so, so powerful. So tell, tell the listeners a bit more then about the work that you do with Prosper International so that you're, you're helping people who are living abroad, international professionals who are really a little bit stuck. So is there an example of somebody that you have helped win through some of the struggles that they were facing? Yeah, so, um, so Prosper Abroad um, is, so there are really two sides of the work I do. One is um, I work personally with individuals, with international individuals, um, mostly, you know, expert professionals that live in countries that, you know, that are at kind of a crossroad and a juncture. Um, and then there is Prosper Abroad, which is our, um, I do this with, uh, with the network of coaches, which is our corporate offering to companies that send employees abroad. Right. Mm -hmm. And who often forget the personal adjustment that employees go through. Um, so if I think about, you know, to answer your question in terms of a, a recent example. So, yes, there was um, basically a, um, a senior professional at the UN who had a 20, 25 year career. Right. And was on the brink of, of, of on the cusp of really making it to senior senior, like the, the resident representative. So the, the top management. But it could really see like when I talked to her and when she came to me that she wasn't fulfilled, you know, with that life anymore. Mm -hmm. She There was something else that was calling her, but yet she was in this, you know, perceived really great job, you know, like with the UN and, you know, she saw this country, she moved all the time, right? It's a prestigious job if you look at it from the outside. But inside, it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Um, and so there was a lot of, um, to work through with her around how she wants, what's missing in her life, right, mm -hmm. right now. Um, or maybe what's uh, the areas of her life that she neglected as part of that career, as part of as part of how she's become. So there was a lot of rediscovery, a lot of um, I helped her to kind of just look at her values, at how she would like her her dream life to be. So there was a lot of dreaming and a lot of like a reflection work. Um, and yes, yeah, she moved out of that um, with my help and um, actually quit her job at the UN and um, found um, another job with a private sector company. Um, going back to her home country because she she wanted to be closer to family. So I think that just shows that we can't really uh, we can't really look to others for the kind of life we want to lead, um, and we really need to look at like our own capacities, abilities, dreams to make that international life work, right? Um, and so that's just really fulfilling to me to see people step into that vision yes. and that that self. What a beautiful success story to share with the listeners to just think about it has to be on your terms and that's that's how I introduced you as well because if we're not living a life on our own terms then we're living somebody else's life and that's when we get desperately unhappy and that's when we just 
perhaps fall into a job and stay in that job and it becomes mm. very toxic, mm. whereas when we can unravel and spend time with people like yourself or with me and you can really think about what it is that you want and what, what are those things that truly matter to you and we can we can encourage that to the surface, can't we, to, to make it a, a living lifestyle that somebody can take away and, and start to practice and embed in their own lives. Um, it is so very, very rewarding. So thank yeah, you for sharing that. Thank you very much. So I want to ask you at this stage then, your, your travels have taken you all over the world. You, you work with people internationally and you're continuing to, to build this, this power muscle of yours of constant learning and, and helping others to, to live their life on their own terms. So what would be your three can-do tips you'd like to leave the listeners mm. with today? I probably would say the first one, I probably would say that it all starts with how you speak to yourself. Um, and like, you know, recognizing the voice um, that in your head and recognize what you tell yourself in the good and the bad, bad moments. Um, because I do think that that's where a lot of um, the can-do starts, right? Like how you speak to yourself um, and learning to reframe that. Um, and I, I don't know if, um, I hope you, um, uh, you agree with me sharing this. I love Mel Robbins' audiobook, The High Five Habit, mm-hmm. um, on this, by the way, because it has, it has so many practical tips in it around these, you know, around the way you speak to yourself. And, and I think it would be, you know, if listeners haven't listened to that. I think it would be a great start to kind of um, get familiar with that. Mm-hmm. That would be my first. Um, my second, I've, I've kind of said this before, is around not to worry too much in the future. So in a sense, take one step at a time. And I, I kind of live by this. I always take one step at a time all the time. Um, and it, you know, if you want to achieve something like, you know, like an international move, a big career change, um, or even just like, you know, learning a new language, right? It's like really helpful to just break this down so it doesn't feel so overwhelming and then take the first step. Because once you're on the journey, then you have started. And then it's just about moving forward. And once you have momentum, it's much more easier to do. Um, that's my second. And my third, Maybe it's a bit unconventional, but I probably would say to start dreaming again. And maybe daydreaming is the thing that I do more now. And, and I took that from Mel Robbins' book, actually, because I realized I wasn't doing this anymore um, in terms of just dreaming about what I want in my life, you know, what I want in the next half year, what I want in the next year, because I think that's kind of also gets us unstuck and see and start just to see some of the possibilities. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I love the last one in particular. And no, I don't believe it's unconventional at all. And I think a lot of listeners will take that as a very refreshing way of thinking, you know, when I take a step back and when I pause and I just allow myself to fully connect with my mind and and just imagine, it's so, so powerful. So daydreaming is is a beautiful gift to the listeners. And Yes, I love the other two too about how you've said how you speak to yourself is so vitally important and that taking one step at a time. Um, And thank you for sharing the book that you shared with the listeners as well, all the inspiration and and helping people to power up their can-do mindset is, is greatly appreciated. So my final question for you then, Simone, is 
why do you feel a can-do attitude is absolutely essential? Mm. I think, I mean, I think it's essential because we're all human. And as humans, I think we have the innate need to grow and develop. I think all in our unique ways, right? Um, so your the way you want to grow and develop won't be the same as uh, I want to grow and develop and won't be the same as any single listener does. But we probably come to a point where we want to do something, like pivot, do something different, attempt something, right? Like whether it's learning a new language or learn to cook or whatever. And I think that's where the can-do attitude comes in. If we don't have it, then we are not likely to grow and develop. And that makes us stuck. And I think as humans, we are we become unhappy if we don't have a way to to grow. Thank That's you so much, Simone. That's everything that you've shared in this this short time together is is really powerful, and I know that it will ignite some thinking in my listeners, as each story does. And I just want to say I love your very refreshing approach. It's been a very vibrant, high energy conversation. And <laughs> thank you. Bill. Thank you so much for being my guest on The Can Do Way today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to speak to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience or intriguing story to share? Always curious. And with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive and real.